Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, G.I. Combat number 118, cover date June-July 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Russ Heath, edited by Robert Kaniger, featuring My Buddy, My Enemy, written by Robert Kaniger, art by Irv Novick. And Our Army at War, number 169, cover date July 1966, cover price 12 cents. Cover artist Joe Kubert, edited by Robert Kaniger, featuring Nazi on My Back, written by Robert Kaniger, art by Joe Kubert. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go go. To the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new day. Oh, you drifted onto the sea. You flowered into a dream. A dream that never would haunted tank meet infantrymen Tommy and Hiko Asumo. The men are Japanese-American, which triggers Slim to act hostile since his brother was killed by the Japanese. Meanwhile, the soldiers of Easy Company think Sergeant Rock is able to detect Nazi traps with ease. They relate several stories of Rock outfoxing the Nazis and saving Easy from harm. But Rock remembers one encounter in North Africa when he wasn't as canny. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Oh, no, it's a long since you went away. I think about you all through the day, my buddy. My buddy, nobody quite so true. My buddy, my enemy, my buddy, my enemy, your enemy misses you. I don't think there's been a better duet since Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand sang Happy Days, Get Happy. Oh, I love singing that with you. Why don't you marry it if you love it so much? Aww. Hi, everyone. How this is you? Checkered Past, and me and my husband are going to talk about war comics, which we hate, so we're drinking. <laughs> That's the truth. I'm drinking an angry art orchard, low-alcohol cider. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking some of my special cider, too. I actually have work left to do tonight. Only mine has vodka in it. Mm-hmm. I have work left to do, too. I am almost through Super Mario Galaxy, and it's hard. I'm learning a new Carcassi etude for guitar. Mm-hmm. and I, I understood one of those words. And I am um, 
a little bit behind on my emails at okay. work. Yeah. And I've had a couple instances today where people have like sort of pinged back and go doing the polite thing and saying, just following up on this. And one of them was from um, seven days ago. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't, I, that one, I mean, I thought I was only a day behind on emails. So uh-huh. I, I, have to, I have to spend some serious time triaging emails. Well, um, that person should know about a new invention called the telephone which they can pick up and just call you if it's an urgent matter. Or on your one-mile-square-foot campus, they could just walk to your office and talk to you. Well, it's COVID time. Yes. And we have always been, even before uh, the pandemic, we've always been an email-forward campus. Well, (laughs) you're a trendsetter, so I think you should change that culture. If by trend sending you mean just don't ever answer any emails? Yeah. No, I literally I get more emails than I can than I can answer in a day if I want to try to limit my day to work day to ten hours. Right. So yeah. So what I'm saying is just uh upend, just take the table and flip it. Right. As long as the table isn't underwater because that makes it heavier. <laughs> right. Um Let's God, let's move on to the comic. You know what? What? Guess what? What? Uh, well, the dogs are barking in the background, Do you so want me to close the door? let loose the dogs of war. No, it's fine. Okay. Also, I actually liked both of these comics. I have to say they're very well drawn. They're very well drawn and actually written, too, by yeah. Robert Kaniger, who was well known Robert for Kaniger! his uh, He also was involved with the Wonder Woman franchise for over 20 years, created the character of Sergeant Rock, and scripted what is considered the first Silver Age comic book story, Mystery of the Human Thunderbolt, which introduced the Barry Allen version of the Flash in Showcase, number four, October 1956. If you had told me several years ago when we started this that yeah. I would do a cheer, a genuine cheer for Robert Kaniger, I would have said, you're out of your mind. That's right. not happening. I'm actually surprised yeah. that you even recognize the name. Well, you know, we always uh, talk about, you know, what do we like? What do we not like about this comic? And yeah. I was so drawn to the art. I thought it was fantastic. And the story was so well written. Uh, and it's a war comic. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, so we're starting off this episode with GI Combat number 118, cover date June, July 1966, featuring the haunted tank. Who is it haunted by? General General J.E.B. Stewart, who, I'm sure we've talked about this before. Yes. There's a placard up in Hagerston, near where we live, Mm -hmm. with General J.E.B. Stewart's name on it. Apparently he invaded Maryland. He was a Confederate general. He was a Confederate. We won't hold that against him this issue because it's all about prejudice. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I don't think we can escape the fact that it was, this was written during the height of the civil rights movement. Yes. And Robert Kaniger himself was the son of Romanian Jewish immigrants and so that probably also figured Informed into the story. his, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately... You know, thank you for sharing that, because that really makes, that brings us, it makes, it brings us into focus. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I like to Google during the day, so you get do. my facts straight. You got plenty of time. Unfortunately, the well, object of the racism in the story are Japanese fellows, and they're, they are colored a sallow orange color throughout the comic. Yeah. But that's what they did in those days. Yeah. Uh, Himmel, 
says the German soldier on the cover. What makes this Japanese soldier swallow flame to save an American tank? That means heaven. What does? Himmel. Right. Mm-hmm. It's German. Mm-hmm. The Haunted Tank, everyone. It's a tank driven by a Lieutenant Jeb Stewart, who is the great-grandson of General J.E.B. Stewart, Confederate general, who also haunts the tank. That's why it's haunted. They're relatives. Right. One is a disembodied spirit, and one is a great-grandson. And also, in a final twist, it's a Stuart tank. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, On the splash page, we have uh, Slim, who is one of the tank, uh, what do you call them? I don't know. Crew members? Yeah, sure. Uh, Punching a Japanese fellow, Mm -hmm. saying, I'll kill every Jap I can lay my hands on. And the Japanese young man says, I can't hit you back. You're supposed to be my buddy, not Not my my enemy. enemy. Thus the title of the story, my buddy, hyphen, hyphen, my my enemy. enemy. Um, This is drawn by Irv Novik. (laughs) Did you say drawn? I did. Uh, We do like the art here. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh Uh-huh, absolutely. Uh, I knew Irv Novik primarily for his work on Batman and The Flash in the 70s. Okay. Um, I can't say that I ever cared for his work on The Flash, but I did like his work on Batman. Okay. Is that fair? Sure. Who am I to judge? Uh, I don't know. I'm just lashed to this co- this podcast until we're done. <laughs> you bet you are. <laughs> um, General, St- uh, sorry, Lieutenant Stewart... Jeb Stewart, T. This I, uh, I I have a problem with the with the double dash in okay. this. You know, just go on. How howling mad can a war get? Okay, that's a good sentence, yeah. right? I'm Lieutenant Jeb Stewart, TC, which I guess is tank commander. I don't know. Sure. Okay. Of an M3 Stewart, haunted. He uses quotes, haunted by the famous Civil War cavalry genius, the tank, and then this dash dash, right? So it goes, haunted by the civil, the famous Civil War cavalry genius, the tank, dash, dash. And I are named after, dash, dash, Confederate General Jeb Stewart. Right. So as you know, I'm working as an editor now. And I would have put a period after, after genius, genius. Yes. And then, new sentence, the tank, the tank and, and I are named, named after, after no dashes. Right. Yep. General J.E.B. Stewart. Mm-hmm. And is he satisfied to be in action again? When I read that first speech bubble, I thought, Jesus, this whole thing better <laughs> not be like this. Riddled with punctuation errors. It isn't. So General Stewart, who's the ghost, is uh, getting his comeuppance because in the afterlife he's been assigned to a crew of Yankees. He's <laughs> a ghostly guardian of a crew of Yankees. Serves him right. I guess we don't talk enough about the horse, because the horse is also a ghost, Mm -hmm. and also condemned to guard a tank crew for eternity. Yeah. Um, Is that that a bad thing? Well, did anybody anybody ask the horse if they wanted to participate? And did General Jeb Stewart, J.E.B. Stewart, die on the horse? Uh, I presumably that they were both killed together. Hmm. I guess I could Google that, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, and does the horse, is the horse friends with Casper's horse friend, Nightmare? 
oh, the ghost horse. Casper. Isn't Casper like a child who killed himself? That's uh, not backed up in the text of the comics. No. Oh, okay. In fact, I do believe that uh, whoever was creating Casper at Harvey Comics said that Casper was just like a mythological creature, like a fairy or a... He wasn't an actual, the spirit of a no, child? No, it was like, like ghosts were actual just mythological creatures that were created, fully formed from the head of Zeus or something, <laughs> as ghosts, okay. not previously deceased human beings. Mm-hmm. Much like I imagine Hot Stuff, the little devil was not actually a devil. It just was a playful imp that just had horns and a tail. <laughs> so General J.E.B. Stewart says, how mixed up can the battle be? To assign me, a Southerner, to be the ghostly guardian of a crew of Yankees. I'll thank you not to speak in the voice of my father when you're talking <laughs> as General J.E.B. Stewart. Um, I'm sorry, but if I were to speak in the voice of your father, it would sound something like this. How mixed up can the battle of fates be to assign, I repeat. <laughs> I repeat, to assign me, a Southerner, to be the ghostly guardian of a crew of Yankees? I repeat. <laughs> you don't understand how often he would say that. So, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Jeb is the only one who can see the ghost, of course, mm-hmm. figures. Hey, remember that British sitcom, So Haunt Me? I loved it. She was a Jewish ghost. Yes, this family moved into a house, and they had an old Jewish woman was haunting their house. Yes. And only the little boy could see her. It's true. Until, like, the last episode, and then... Several family other family yeah. members could see that. Oh, right. the dog could see her, too. Of course, right. they had a corgi because they were British. Yes, and she was Jewish. And she was Jewish, which was shot. Oh, this was what, mid-90s? Yeah. I just, I mean, she, the character of the Jewish grandmother was identical to if you were to create an American Jewish grandmother character. Yeah. She would have certain stereotypical characteristics. Yes. And the British... Jewish grandmother had exactly those same characters as yeah. char- characters. Do you remember the theme song? I mean, the, the music. So it was haunt it, it, me, so, so haunt me. Da 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 When we met, there were only three channels, so we had to watch whatever was on PBS at the time. <laughs> oh, those were the halcyon days I'll of youth, say. weren't they? Um, so apparently, a Jesus, lieutenant. We're not past the first page yet. Okay, I'm getting to it. Okay. Uh, Lieutenant Jeb, mm-hmm. the living Stuart, mm-hmm. is complaining about the ghost. <laughs> complaining. Because <laughs> he can hear him even above the din of war. <laughs> <sighs> so Slim, this crew member, mm-hmm. he's reminiscing about his brother, who was killed by Japanese soldiers, right. apparently on the other side of the globe. And he wants to be there fighting the Japanese in the Pacific. Not fighting the Nazis. In Europe. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is the first we've heard of Slim's brother, even though he's a continuing character in the Haunted Tank stories. Right. Then we get a flashback about how his brother died. They were uh, doing a baton death march. Yes, he died in a POW camp. And the guy, one of the soldiers fell down and his brother went to lean down to help him and they, both of them were shot. Yeah. Suddenly, uh, Slim spots a Japanese American soldier. Uh, so, uh, Japanese soldier, thank you. A Japanese soldier lifts up the top of the tank. Right. And he screams, it's a Jap. Right. And he leaps out 
and starts fisticuffs. Um, then a plane flies overhead. Yeah, the flying chief emblem. It was a Mustang. Uh, it was a Mustang fighter. Yeah, uh, it's Johnny Cloud. We've seen him before. Yeah, Johnny Cloud. The Navajo Ace. He, so the, what happened, what, I think what you didn't mention was that the, the tank was being fired upon by an enemy tank, by a German tank. Right. And then, so this Jap comes, uh, forgive me for using that, but this, yes, that's yes, a yes. The Jap comes, opens the top of the tank, the guy leaps out, and then a uh, and then a fighter plane comes in and takes out the German tank. Right. And so then we now focus on the fight that's happening between the Japanese man and the American. Right, right, right. Then another Japanese soldier appears. There are brothers, Tommy and Hiko, and uh, they've come to help the haunted tank, and Slim's having none of it. They're infantrymen, and they are Japanese-Americans. Right. Uh, Jeb hops out of the tank and pins down Slim. Mm-hmm. Um, and demands that Slim apologize to him because they are Nisei, which are Japanese American soldiers, mm-hmm. fighting on the side of, of the America. Americans. Right. right. Um, I didn't do enough research here. Apparently, there was a whole unit of Japanese American. Yeah, they were highly decorated were. too. And so there's that panel where it says uh, where Slim says to him, "Right, this is Slim who's who's fighting." Yeah, yeah Slim's yeah. the angry. Yeah, one. it isn't enough that my brother Tommy and I have to fight double. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. That's uh, Hiko. Hiko saying, it isn't enough that my brother Tommy and I have to fight double. For our Japanese folks in America and against the Germans here in Europe, we also have to fight mixed up characters like your crewman who's so blind he can't see that we're wearing the same uniform. It's enough to make a guy go over the hill, he says. So, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate. These guys are Japanese Americans right. fighting on the side of the Americans, obviously, because they're Americans. Um, and they're being fought and they're being uh, persecuted by some of their brothers in right. arms. And as we recall, unfortunately, many Japanese Americans were interned, confined interned in, in prison American camps. Prison. Yes. Well, American prison camps. Um, well, I think we can safely call them prison camps because yeah, they were in prison. They were, well, they call them internment camps, but yeah, it's that's what it means. Yes. Um, so same thing. We keep the, the children in uh, that, that came across the border. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tommy is ready to go after Slim, and I uh, know Hiko is, and Tommy. Uh, Holds him back. And uh, Jeb takes the opportunity to mention that this unit that they are affiliated with is tops in presidential citations and Purple Hearts. Then the Japanese soldiers start firing. Yeah. And the guys are like, what's going on? And then right. they, they look just over their shoulders and the Japanese soldiers are taking on a whole patrol of Nazis. Nazi patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all fight together. The two, the, no, the two, the two brothers take out the whole Nazi patrol. Well. No, no, the, the other guys sit, no, because look, if you go on to the next page, you see the guys all hanging out at the tank, watching them. And it says the infantryman didn't even look at us as he pulverized the last of the enemy patrol who had tried to chop us into little sausages. Oh. Those okay. two guys took out the whole patrol. They must have been trained under Sergeant Rock. No kidding. Yeah. Um. So the uh, Nazis are defeated. Mm-hmm. The Japanese brothers relate that they also had a younger brother, Johnny, who was killed 
in the same attack that killed Slim's brother. Yeah. Is how I interpret that. Yeah. We lost our, our kid brother, Johnny, in that attack, too. Right. Um, so, you know, Jeb, uh, Sergeant, is it Sergeant? Uh, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Jeb um, hears this, and he's just like, Hi, Lieutenant Jeb. These infantrymen in Slim have lost a brother in this war, but Slim's still holding his grudge against him just because they're of a different race. And he... And if he, um, if he doesn't change, then he's behaving just like the enemy we're fighting, who kill people merely because of a difference in religion, political party, or because they look different. That one panel is the central theme of the entire story. Yep. Um, I'm glad we don't deal with problems like that nowadays. No, we don't see people as different. Blam. Um, so... General Stuart the Ghost is flummoxed. He doesn't have an answer as to how to solve this issue with Slim. So thanks, ghostly guardian. Mm-hmm. He could go to the Akashic Records. He could talk to an angel or something, find out what's going to happen. Nope. I'm as interested in seeing how all this will end as you are. No, so excuse me, I'm going to try to find some ghost water so my horses can drink. In fact, this whole story could happen without the presence of a ghost. Absolutely. Um, The tank, then, goes about a half mile deeper into enemy territory and are attacked by a flame-throwing tank shooting flames out of the woods. And also a minefield. Yeah. So they decide to uh, use their tank to knock down the trees around the tank, the enemy tank, the Nazi tank that's hidden in the woods to blind them, if you will, like fill up the area with trees so they can blind them and try to make some headway into it. And they actually do um, blow it up. Um, They start machine gunning the minefield to blow up the mines. Is that, I wonder if that's like standard procedure. I don't know. That seems foolish to me. Well, you don't want to roll over them. No, but also, isn't it going to create shrapnel? They're just going to fly everywhere? I mean, I guess they are in a tank. Yeah. Well, it's better to have it happen in front of them where it can go into different areas and hit the tank than under the tank. And listen, we're not keeping tally of this. Right. But the metaphors, like a blank, like a blank, like a blank, they're even worse in the next comic. But the Panzer stomped at us like a raging blind bull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah, yeah. God, the, the Laikas, the Laikas. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like reading really bad poetry. <laughs> um, I guess it's good that I'm not a tank commander because I would have just turned around and gone the other direction. Minefield. You're fighting a ward? Yeah. Uh, fighting a warrior, like, oh, minefield. Bye. Yeah, if I'm a commander, I can do whatever I want. You have a responsibility of a mission. I have a responsibility to protect my men, and I'm not driving over a blankety-blank minefield like a cat walking over a hot coal. Or we stabbed at it like a matador delivering the death thrust. (laughs) Come on! The panzer stomped at us like a raging blind bull. Sheeson, sheeson! I thought (laughs) they were saying sheeson, sheeson, which would be shit, shit. Where's that? Uh, page nine, middle panel. But I thought that was too, but Schließen, Schließen means stop, stop, right? No, Schießen, Schießen means fire, fire. Oh, Schießen, Schießen. Yes. Yeah. 
but I thought they were saying Scheissen. Scheissen, yeah, shit, yeah. shit, shit, shit. <laughs> but they wouldn't say that in the 60s. Um, so Jeb orders a ceasefire once they blow the top off the Nazi tank, and they head into the battered town ahead, uh-huh. which is their checkpoint. Yeah. Um, wishing they had the Japanese brothers to scout ahead because right. they're infantrymen. Be nice of, because it would be as peaceful as a ballpark. Right. I'm just going to go ahead and point out every Aza. Okay. Every, yeah. Um, Are those called similes? Uh, similes. Y- yes. Okay. Um, so the tank drives over some rubble and gets stuck. So they have to get out of the tank. <laughs> rubble, 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 rubble. Like the um, Do they drive over the Hamburglar? Yes. They uh, have to get out of the tank to start dig out some of the rubble so they can move on ahead. And like a lonely bug. <laughs> <laughs> We've only moved two panels forward and we got another one. Wouldn't you know it? There's a sniper up in the clock tower of this town. So everyone gets back into the tank and starts firing, uh, trying to hit the sniper. But, of course, the tank is stuck and it's tilted up to the sky. So when they fire, all the... A missiles? What do tanks fire? Uh, mortars. Mortars. Uh-huh. All the mortars just fire up into the sky. It's not yeah. going to do anything. Yeah. And what's worse is there's soldiers with flamethrowers down on the ground. Yeah. Not good. No. Not being fried inside of a tank. At some point, the, uh, all the ammunition would catch fire, I would think. Yeah. Also, the temperature inside the tank would probably heat up and they'd roast alive. That's what I meant. Oh. Yeah. They'd roast alive and the ammunition inside the tank would go off. Slim jumps out. He's going to try to take out the flamethrower soldier. Yeah. But he's nailed by the sniper. 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 Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm scanning ahead for any more meta- uh, similes <laughs> and metaphors. The, the next comic is just riddled with them on every yeah. page. So much that I, I just like, oh, my God. It's um, to the rescue... Comes Tommy Asumo. Yay, Tommy. To draw the sniper's fire and also charge headlong into the flamethrower. Yeah. Um, the, well, he does shoot the sniper. But he also gets set on fire. But he yeah. also gets set on fire. Yeah. Slim is pinned to the ground. He can't understand why... A Jap is swallowing flames for us. Tommy's taken out. Uh huh. Slim crawls over to him to find out why. Why'd why? you do it? Why'd you do it? Why? You're, he a, says, you're a Jap, Jap ain't you? Ain't you? Um, Hiko tosses a grenade and takes out the flamethrower and turns the flamethrower into a fiery splash. Yeah. Um, well, I've got some bad news. What? Slim's not getting any answers to his questions because Tommy's dead in his arms. Tommy's dead. Yeah. But the answer did come. From Hiko. Hiko. Guess, guess my brother Tommy forgot your skin is different than his. Guess he only remembered that you were an American soldier, just like him, and you needed help. Guess that's what he'd say. If he could speak. What can I do to make it up to him, says Slim. Not to Tommy. He can't hear you anymore. But to other soldiers like us, don't force us to fight twice against the enemy. 
and guys in our army like you. Nice. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Um, I'm, I can't remember exactly what happened in the last Honda Tank story. I'm not it sure. It was in the, the desert. Yeah. I think we might be seeing a pattern in that the ghost is a non-essential part <laughs> of the story. <laughs> yeah, Because he did literally nothing. Nothing. Except to complain because he didn't know what was going to happen. He was a bystander the entire time. Screw you, ghost. <laughs> I love Bob. What? I love that so much. Screw you, ghost. Hey, remember the uh, Funky Phantom? Uh, nope. What? Yes. What won't, won't, what won't get me yelled at tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Remind me, was he like with Captain Caveman and the teenagers? Teenagers? Uh, no, Funky Phantom was like a Revolutionary War... Yes, ghost was he Hanna Barbera? Yes. yes, and he had a ghost cat, and he lived in oh a. Oh my god! Why did he have a ghost cat? Because I guess he and his cat died together, and were walled up inside of this grandfather clock. And some teenagers found him, and then they solved mysteries together. I think I remember his voice too. It was like a blah, blah, cha voice. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. What's his name? Um, he talked like this. Not Paul Lind, but um, wore glasses. That's um, J. So he's he's a middle initial. Ross. Well, come on, help me, help me. Hang on, I'm googling. Oh, what was it? um, oh, something J. Riley D- Nelson J. Riley. Uh, the Funky Phantom is an American Australian animated television series produced for Hanna Barbera Productions. Blah 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 blah. With a trio of teenage detectives driving around the country and solving crimes. Uh, in this case, the Scooby-Doo role was taken by a Revolutionary War-era ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the show returned briefly and reruns in 1980 as part of Hanna-Barbera's Godzilla series. Remember that with Godzuki? Yes, Godzuki. Da, 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 da. Uh, Up from the uh, 40 stories hype. Oh, my God. Jonathan Wellington Mudsy Muddlemore. Is the name of the ghost? Is the name of the ghost, yes. Who did his voice? Dawes Butler. Charles Nelson Riley is who I thought it was. No, it's Dawes Butler. Okay. Um, he also voiced, oh my goodness, <sighs> Baba Louie from Quick Draw McGraw, Barney Rubble. Oh, I love Barney Rubble's voice. I thought Mel Blanc did Barney Rubble, but I guess I was wrong. Huckleberry Hound. Also a beloved character. Captain Crunch. <laughs> the serial guy? Yeah. He didn't have his own cartoon. He had cartoon commercials. Snagglepuss. He did do Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. So that's what, yeah, yes. that's what you're thinking of. Um, Wally Gator. Yogi Bear. Oh. Peter Potamus. Do you not love the voice of Yogi Bear? Yes. Yeah. Quisp, also from Serial. <laughs> what the hell is that? Quisp, Serial. Quisp. Yes. I don't remember it. Well, in a comics connection, Aquaman had a fifth dimensional imp friend named Quisp. But there also was a serial named Quisp. It was a sugary delight. I bet it was. Uh, Quisp was some kind of creature that had a propeller on his head, as I recall. Anyway. I have to say one more tune. Yes. It's cinnamon. Toast crunch. 
Cinnamon and sugar, we're baking up a bunch of big whole lace, fake, a whole something flakes to cinnamon toast crunch. Remember that? I do. Yeah. Um. Anyway, shall we to our next comic? What's that, baby? Get back! Don't look now. There's a Nazi on your back. Go back, baby. Look back. Don't look now. There's, there's a, a Nazi, Nazi on your back. R.I.P. George Michael. Uh, our army at war, number one sixty nine, featuring Sergeant Rock. Nazi on my back. Uh, on the cover, Sergeant Rock, shirt ripped open, bare chested, mm. but blindfolded. Mm. If I could see, I'd get us to easy company and all the water you can drink, Powell. The aforementioned Powell is someone sitting on Sergeant Rock's back, on his shoulders actually, with a cast on his leg and a Nazi armband around his arm. Who says? Uh, you're doing fine, Sarge. Carrying a load like me? Keep slogging. I'll direct you to easy. He's directing him towards a Nazi camp. Well, I, I'm assuming, of course, I did a southern accent, but I'm sure that yeah. whatever, it was enough to fool Sarge. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be either southern or Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. I am on simile. You're going to have, have a busy evening then. Duty. Okay. I'm going to look up because I, I, I feel terrible because I'm saying simile and metaphor. Right. Uh, the splash page has Sergeant Rock of Easy in Nazi on my back. Uh, we see Sergeant Rock kneeling over the bodies of two dead soldiers. It is simile. Simile. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a, a figure of speech involving comparison of one thing with another thing used to make a description of a more emphatic or vivid thing for like, you know, brave as a lion, crazy as a fox, or every effing panel <laughs> in this comic. Right. Okay. But the artwork is terrific. Joe Kubert, well known for his war comics, and also Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tor the caveman. So similes use the word like, and metaphors do not use a word to um, to compare. Similes use words like or as to compare things. Yes. Um, like life is like a box of chocolates. In yes. contrast, metaphors directly state a comparison. Love is a battlefield. Oh. Thank you. Now, where do we place Dr. McCoy in that schema? Dr. McCoy from Star Trek? Yeah. When he's like... Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Just a cantankerous old drunk? Okay, yeah. Um, Sergeant Rock speaking. I must have been out of my mind promising a couple of replacements to Easy that I'd keep him alive. And I sure paid for it in spades with a Nazi on my back. Um, Both of these comics have the titular characters speaking directly to us, the reader. Mm-hmm. Breaking the fourth wall, as it were. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm down with that. Who's he talking to in real life? A child. An eight-year-old. Well, in this case, probably some, I don't know, Korean war vet. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, we uh, Sergeant Rock was relating a time when he and his company, Easy Co., we're taking five in the jungle? Where are they at? We don't know. Well, it's in Europe somewhere. Are there jungles in Europe? Oh, yes, it is in Europe. Oh, well, it's the woods, not the jungles. Yeah, it looks like a jungle to me. Well, um, agree to disagree. 
Sergeant Rock is taking it easy, and one of the soldiers remarks, the kraut hasn't been born that can fool Sergeant Rock. Rock's as foolproof as a time lock safe. First That's a metaphor. Foolproof as a time lock safe. I thought you had to have the word like. Like or as. Oh, Jesus. There's so many rules. If he said Rock is a foolproof time lock safe, that's a metaphor. Yeah. Anyway, ice cream soldier, you're dead wrong. I can think of one listener of ours who would be mowing his lawn listening to this and probably going to stop the lawnmower and punch the air with our discussion about similes and metaphors. Well, he can... He can go F himself. Punch himself in the face like a person that punches themselves in the face. <laughs> like a wild fist <laughs> landing on a sack of fat, fat. <laughs> I can't think of anything clever. Now we're going to have a whole series of flashbacks as each soldier in Easy Company relates a time when Sergeant Rock outsmarted the Nazis. Like starting with ice cream soldier. Remember the time we were walking through the woods after the Red Beach one landing? Things couldn't be quieter. Flashback. Um, they're walking through the woods, and it's so quiet. Sergeant Rock. A little too quiet, as the funky phantom would say. Fires at a bird in a tree. Yeah, because the bird is not moving. Right. It doesn't fly away. He blasts them. They're like, hey, he blasted that bird apart. Well, that's because there's Nazis hiding in the trees because they had nailed the bird to the tree. <laughs> yes. Well, Sergeant Rock says every time we walk through the woods, the birds would blast off at five uh, with a five alarm. Why? Teacher should... says every time we walk <laughs> through the woods, the bird would blast off with a five alarm. Oh my God, that's so funny. It's a reference to It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, everyone knows that. Why should that one stay in his rocker, meaning the bird? Right. Unless he was a fake. And what's a phony bird doing in a branch? Unless it was nailed there. And who'd be so thorough? A kraut sniper. Only he'd forget that birds get scared off and they take off when they see a bunch of men coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if that doesn't prove rock can't be fooled, what can all this while, Sergeant Rock is just saying, I'm sitting there just you wait. Gibberish. I can prove that I can be fooled. Yeah. Now it's Bulldozer's turn. His name is Bulldozer because he's giant. And I guess he can push dirt around. Otherwise, you know, who knows? Remember the time we <laughs> was crossing that lake while we were slogging our way up the Italian boot? And we flash back. Hey, Sarge, how's about taking a swim? It sure is peaceful here like the old swimming hole back home. It'll give us a chance to clean up after those bloody river crossings we've been making for the past two days. Now, Bulldozer is not British. So I'm assuming he means they literally were slogging through rivers Rivers of blood. blood. Yeah. The company, uh, the Combat Happy Joes must have thought I was kidding when... Right. And this nice little breeze will dry us off after we've come out of the... So Sergeant Rock dives under the surface of the lake. Yeah. Because... Because... He spotted some cattails blowing in the wind. But some of the reeds were not moving. Right. Because there were Nazis underwater using the reeds to breathe Mm -hmm. through the surface. That used to be... I used to think I was so smart... Because I watched a lot of television in the 70s. And I knew that if I ever had to hide out from someone pursuing me, I could just dive under the surface of a lake and cut a cattail 
and use it to breathe through. Breathe through the reeds. I felt like the world's greatest survivalist. Of course, I don't carry a knife. <laughs> also, I can't swim very well. So Yes, you can. No, come on. I I'm have played no... Aquaman and Mira with you in the pool. You can Well, I'm no Mira, swim. that's for sure. Well, you like to pretend you are. Anyway. You just the don't, point like is I don't, you don't like carry people a knife. like um messing with you when you're in the pool, splashing no, your face I or pulling them. I don't like people. Period. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the crowds have been laying there under the surface, laying in wait for someone to cross so that they could ambush them from behind. How crazy is that? Let's all wait in the water. I guess with their weapons and everything. That wouldn't work. I guess. They're reduced to punching. Yeah. So we get a great page of, of punching. punching. Yeah. A full page of punching. Uh, the combat happy Joseph Easy tore into the Nazis like teenagers wolfing up a six-foot-long hero sandwich after rocking and rolling at a hullabaloo party. First of all, I don't think the word hullabaloo existed in World War II. Simile alert. Second of all, as you know if you follow my cooking channel, yes. teenagers like things like uh, a hot dog mixed with French onion soup dip in a hot dog bun. That's what drives teenagers crazy. Yeah. Easy thought they knew all there was to know about me. The me in this case being Sergeant Rock. Yeah. Now he's going to have his own flashback. Yeah, the Sarge can sniff the enemy like a bird dog can finger ducks the sky. Like a bird dog can finger ducks the sky. Simile alert. Um... They're about as wrong as a $3 bill. God, another one. Is that a... That's another simile. Yep. Okay. I was hustled by a Nazi like a bull shark swallows a sardine with a cue stick in his hand. Three of them in one panel. <laughs> it happened in North do Africa. Like, do you think they're ever like sitting around in, in, in Easy Company? Is Easy Company, right? Yes. And just going like a... Like well, a hell, I don't ha- uh, well, hell, I don't even have a metaphor. I'm run, I don't have a simile today. I've run out of them. Like a hound dog in a... Oh, I use that at breakfast. Like a tick on a... Oh, no, I had that one at lunch. Well, just wait. You're missing the... You're bearing the lead. Okay, go ahead. It, <laughs> happened, in, it happened in North Africa when Easy was as fresh as an egg just laid in a barnyard. And this... I was not only fooled by a Nazi, I was carrying him on my back to his own lines without knowing it. Oh, when I got to that one, I, uh, the, it was fresh as an egg laid in a barnyard. I was by myself reading, and I yelled out loud, Why? I'm God! so happy to hear that. Yes. Go ahead. So here's the story. Sergeant Rock and Easy Company were stationed in North Africa at mm-hmm. some time in the past. And they have two new recruits who join the outfit. Which they call chicks. The chicks. Like little baby chickens. Yeah, young, fresh-faced boys. Yeah. Uh, who dreamed of joining Easy Company, they didn't think they were good enough to measure up. Right. Um, but they were lucky enough to draw Easy Company back at the Repel Depple. I did look up Repel Depple. Now I can't remember what it means. Reap something depot. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Replacement depot. Okay. Repel Depple. Uh, it's nighttime. And the older soldiers, like 
bulldozer and ice cream soldier are offering to take over the guard duty that the chicks were assigned to. It's their first night out. Right. Yeah. They're they're acting like mother hens. Yeah, that's what he calls them. Essentially. Mother hens. Yeah. Now that's a metaphor, right? Because that is a metaphor. You are the combat happy Joe's mother hen the chicks. Yeah. Well, that's a verb there, but but mother henning is a verb. Mother hen's not a real verb. Well, he's using it as a verb. Um, Sergeant Rock scolds them. You're just looking for metaphors, aren't you? You can't mother hen them, or they'll never become men. True. Um. So, but the chicks are still so young. Right. War's tough enough, Rock. Look at this. Yeah. Sergeant Rock sneaks off to cover up the chicks with a blanket. Because they're out in the desert and it gets really cold. Right. And the kids are new. The, the chicks are new. The next day. Wait. The chicks have less hair on their cheeks than a peach has, has fuzz. fuzz. Yeah. I'll break them in nice and easy. I think I've seen this movie before. <laughs> <laughs> on a patrol where nothing will snap at him but a sand flea. So Those, he takes to, to training them. How about yeah. desert, desert warfare? Takes the chicks out on patrol and try and teach them some things. Gives them a break to have some water, and that's when it happened. Tank comes over the horizon of the sand dune and kills them. Yeah. Fires right through their canteens. He says, don't die on me, chicks. I'd never be able to face easy again if I did. Easy company, obviously. Right. Uh, they're dead. Though. They're dead. Spoiler alert. Sergeant Rock now is facing the tank alone. He is shot. He, a shell explodes at his face and he's blinded and the tank is just going to run right over him. But somehow he manages to roll his body directly underneath the tank. Uh, right. With his, his arm, his, the sleeve does get caught well, underneath the tank. Yeah, first he draws a grenade, mm-hmm. but then the hand holding the grenade, that sleeve is caught by the tank, tank treads. Yeah. So and, he can't let go. He can't. Right. Because, because until the tank moves away... He's stuck right. underneath the treads. But he manages to launch himself up on top of the tank. He's, he's still blind. Right. He feels his way up at the top. He... Wait, wait, there's a simile in here somewhere. <laughs> Where is it? Okay, the outside of the tank felt like a broiling stove under the white hot desert sun. Yeah. Uh, the hatch creaks open because I guess the Nazis assume he's dead, but that gives him enough room to toss the grenade into the tank, and the tank explodes... The end. The end. Not really. Nope. So he wraps his blindfold around his eyeballs and starts just crisscrossing the desert, hoping he'll run into an American soldier. Yeah. Um, then he hears a plane behind him strafing someone. Yep. He assumes it's a Nazi plane strafing Americans. He froze, gripped his forty-five, and then he heard someone cry out, Hey, Sarge, lend a hand, will you? Buzzard knocked me over, uh, knocked over my Jeep. I'm the only one left alive. Uh, I took nothing for granted, says Sergeant Rock, being as suspicious as a bird dog. Oh, simile alert. Are bird dogs known for their suspicious nature? <laughs> I think bird dogs just charge right in to capture the bird. Well, bird dogs, also, they're pretty careful. They do well. They, I would say, they, they they do. Bird dogs are used. They they hold, they're held back. They shoot the birds and then they go get them and bring them back and they don't eat them. Well, my father always called my mother bird dog, <laughs> and she was not suspicious or shy. 
no. without speaking her mind. He called her bird dog because of her uncanny sense of direction. And she would not leave a bird uneaten. I'll tell you that. <laughs> She'd pick it clean. <laughs> and drink the sauce out of the pan. Oh. Uh, so we see the reader, we see that this is a Nazi Jeep, which has been strafed and everyone's dead except this one soldier with a cast on his leg. Plaster cast. But apparently he can speak metaphor because he's fooled Sergeant Rock, who's blind. Mm-hmm. And Sergeant Rock offers to put the soldier up on his shoulders and... Uh, walking back to the company. Welcome back. Oh, now we should mention this detail. So Sergeant Rock creeps up to the wreck and he feels the boots of one of the dead men. Well, it just so happens that was an American prisoner of war. Yes. So he has American regulation issue boots. Boots. On. That's important later on. Yes. So uh, I don't know why he... Would that be really the most comfortable way to carry someone as a fully grown adult man on your shoulders? No, I would think the piggyback style right, right, would right. be more comfortable. Or just walk side by side. Oh, because he has a cast on. Never mind. Yeah, he can't. It's not a walking cast. Um, so... Did they even, I don't think they even had walking casts back then. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't just amputate. So... Sergeant Rock takes off across the desert with the German soldier on his back, who he thinks is an American soldier. The Nazi soldier will be the eyes, and Sergeant Rock will be the legs. You know what would be great? What? If they had a, like a novelty large trench coat that they could just wear. <laughs> <laughs> so it looked like just a very tall man going Out in the, the desert? desert. Uh-huh. I don't think so, but yeah, it would be funny. So as they're going along... Um, Sergeant Rock offers uh, the man his water, but he says, um, "He said your canteen's been drilled. Uh, been drilled. I mean, it's been shot. Right. It's empty as a stock and hung up after the day after Christmas." Excuse me. Um, another uh, simile. So they come to a signpost. We, the reader, can see that it's a swastika pointing towards the Nazi camp. Nazis to the left. 12 kilometers. Casablanca, 1,300 miles. Nazi camp, 12 miles. So um, he says, uh, Sergeant Rock says, I was so bushed that I tripped and I slogged forward again. And trying not to jerk the Joe's plaster cast, I grabbed his boot. The boot of his healthy leg. Hobnail boots. There's only one of a kind of GI who wears hobnail boots. And that's the phony one who's really really a goose-stepping Nazi. Goose-stepping? Goose, well, goose stepping. But, right. Yeah. You were using the German pronunciation. Uh-huh. Goose stepping. Um, so. And then it gets bad. Yeah, the Nazi kicks Sergeant Rock with his casted cast. leg, yeah. plaster cast, which is hard as rocks. Um, but the Nazi figures he's close enough now to his camp that he can give up his reliance on Sarge. Yeah. Um, the Nazi now has a gun pointed at Sergeant Rock. Uh, and, but makes a fatal mistake. Now you will join the prisoner we were going to shoot because he refused to give us information. The two of you have that same stupid look like baby chicks about to be slaughtered. Well, you shouldn't have reminded. No, Nazi, you should not have said the word chicks. He's reminded me about the chicks ripped a raw wound that tore my heart apart and... He went berserk on him like 
uh, Wolverine. Yeah, which we only see in silhouette. That's a very effective panel. Sure is. The Comets Code Authority would not allow you to show someone being killed. So then we flash forward. Flash forward. Here's Ice Cream Soldier. Um, so what Sergeant Rock did is he, the, the Nazi had a pistol, and Sergeant Rock just jumped on him and turned the pistol against him. And blew his brains out. Uh, allegedly. Well, it says he pumped so many slugs into him that there's nothing left to hit. Right. Well, that's uh, a metaphor. We don't know if that's exactly what happened. <laughs> this uh, is weird. What? It takes all kinds of medicine to make a guy see after a flash burn. Mine yeah. stung as Jackie said a prayer like only he could for the chicks. So this is also written by Robert Kaniger, and after all that great crusade against racism in the previous story, now we have Jackie. Nobody knows the trouble I seen. Well, he doesn't say seen. He says see. Well, it should First be nobody problem. knows the trouble I've seen. Second problem, he's the only black soldier... And he's singing uh, spiritual. To uh, as someone who really enjoys singing spirituals, I get it. Well, yes, I, I, get, I get it too. Get, but I guess it's the line as Jackie said a prayer like only he could oh. for the chicks. Oh. Could he have been so deeply moved that he sang? Well, yes, sure. And it is the forties. Whoa, I mean, we, uh, look, we, it's just this one moment. There's so, many, so, many, some of these comics are just rife with awful stereotypes and, and gender stereotypes and uh, just racial stereotypes. And it, I don't know. I mean, this one thing, I'll sort of almost give it a little bit of a pass just because I love that he's singing a spiritual for the, for the two guys who passed. Well, you know how I like to fixate on things. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, so now we're back in the present, and that's why Sergeant Rock says, when I heard Easy say I could sniff out the enemy on a dark day inside a barrel, I knew better about the time I had a Nazi on my back and didn't know it. Right. This is why I don't like the last panel when Sergeant Rock says, move out, and he winks at us, the reader. We're at war with him. Right. Yeah. Also, it was a tragic story. You shouldn't be winking and smiling. Right. Well, that's it, folks. Time to wrap up. Don't forget the chicks who died. Um, well, despite our dread at having to read war comics, this I a, enjoyed those. Wasn't it nice? It was a pleasant surprise. Yes. Thank you. You were welcome. Next week, science fiction. Ooh. Featuring Ultra the Multi-Alien. Oh. Worse. Dial M for hero. H for hero. What nice say, M? Yes. Oh, I'm tired. Um, or it could be Prince Rawman and Epiclipso, so. Oh! <laughs> Count your blessings. <laughs> Epiclipso. Uh, anything to add? <sighs> Not this week. You can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. You can rate and review us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your free Please share this with your from. friends. You share with your friends. You can... Interact with us on social media. Always surprised to learn that we have more listeners. I thought we had just one. No, we've got listeners all over the world. Except Antarctica that I know of. Okay. Um, And you can find us back here next week. Absolutely. We're glad you're here. Thank you. I'm delighted you're here. (laughs) I'm as happy as a pig in slop. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bye. Bye. It's time to give our love a chance.